So we're all getting ready for the earnings parade. We've already heard from some of the big-name financials, but, man, a lot of them uh, coming out, some big names this week, and, of course, it continues uh, for the next month or so. J.J. Kinahan has been looking at uh, earnings specifically, chief market strategist at TD Ameritrade, and he joins us uh, on the phone from Chicago. J.J., nice to have you back with us. Uh, we do see earnings about to get into full swing, and, and we've got Netflix, in fact, after the closing bell. We were talking about that earlier with our Bloomberg Stocks columnist, Dave Wilson, if we look at you know valuations and the run-up that we've seen in some of these FANG stocks. Let's start with that. Netflix after the close today. When you look at that name, what do you think about it? Well, it, you know, first of all, they're implying, if you look at their options, it's implying about a 6% move on earnings uh, after the bell tonight. So I think that'll be really interesting to see. They do seem to have a bit of pricing power particularly as people, you know, as, as you report on all the time, are cutting the cord, if you will, from cable, looking for other alternatives. Uh, Netflix has had great growth. And so with that, you know, this, the, the belief being that increasing their pricing will not result in a major drop-off of clients. So now is sort of the time to do that, uh, putting subscription higher. And again, I think one of the things that we've watched the last two earnings seasons that we're going to watch again today is how are they doing outside the U.S.? How are they doing overseas? And can we see continued growth there? Right. And it really does come down to subscriber growth and the outlook and whether or not uh, it continues to be an upbeat outlook and scenario that justifies the move up that we've seen in the share price and the expectations that are out there among investors. Right. And, and, and the other thing that I think we want to watch really closely is going to be revenue. Mm-hmm. If they come in as expected, it's going to be an incredible revenue growth. You know, we said, I think sometimes we have to keep things in perspective. If they come in as expected on revenue growth, Carol, they're going to see 30% over where we saw a year ago, 7% over where we saw last quarter. <laughs> you know, that, those are pretty incredible numbers. And, an incre- you know, we talk about low growth rates sometimes, mm-hmm. but, and people wonder why the stock has rallied so much. So when you put those numbers of revenue in perspective, it does support a lot of why we've seen the stock uh, be so perform so well so far this year. Talk to us about some other earnings that you've been watching. Let's talk about the healthcare area. Sure, um, you know one of the things that we have like United Healthcare, et cetera, coming up soon. Johnson and Johnson, mm-hmm. and so I, I think that Johnson and Johnson is a very interesting one because as we've seen a lot of the health care with Obamacare, et cetera, come in, sometimes I think they get thrown into the health care area. Their primary products are health care, uh, but they're still products. So we're, we're still going to buy diapers for our children no matter what happens with Obamacare, et cetera. So I think that, you know, particularly I, I talk to retail clients all the time, so I think people have to Again, separate what's going on in some of the insurance battles of right. United Healthcare, et cetera, from what's going on with some of the product-related ones. For a company like Johnson & Johnson, just as we're concerned about other retail in terms of what happened with hurricanes, et cetera, mm-hmm. for me, when I look at that, that starts to become one of the things I look at and what they're going to say about that going forward. To be fair, too, there's really three major products within J&J. You've got the pharmaceutical. That's still their biggest uh, by mm-hmm. revenue, about $33.5 billion, and that's seen over the last three, year, uh, three years on average about 6% growth annually. Then you've got medical devices and diagnostics. That's about 
about a little bit more than a $25 billion business. That has not been seeing um, growth. We've got about a negative 4% over the past three years on average each year. And then consumers, the consumer business, which is about 13.3, and that's probably the business that most Americans know and probably buy on a regular basis. That business, too, over the past three years is down about three and a quarter percent on average per year. So, I mean, pharmaceuticals is still where it sees the bulk of its revenue and, and where it sees growth. And, and actually, but the area of that, that it sees the most revenue. And so I think, again, one that unfortunately has seen growth is oncology drugs. Yeah. Oncology and immunology by far are the greatest. And, and I think that, you know, yeah. I, it's something I think we'd all like to see stop. Right. But uh, for, for obviously the best of reasons. But again, that has been unfortunately a growth area for them over the last few years. Too. I have a sister who works in the oncology uh, area and with pharmaceutical companies, and you're right. It's just uh, you've got a lot of drug companies uh, working after uh, different treatments and different uh, drug treatments in particular uh, when it comes to the various cancers that are out there. J&J, by the way, everybody, is up almost 18% and pays about a 2.5% dividend. What about some other big names that we'll be reporting over the next few weeks. You've got IBM. uh, We've got General Electric. We talked about that a little bit earlier, about how their earnings can be so confusing because they can report different earnings numbers, you know, when they take into account different things at the company. Honeywell, P&G also reporting. Then, of course, you've got the big banks. Well, you know, the big banks, uh, obviously, just being out uh, primarily last week. Uh, So... I, I don't, and, and we still have, as you mentioned, Goldman and J.P. Morgan to go. Um, you know, the, the, the one that's concerning to me on Goldman is the fact that when they talked last week, trading revenues were down. As we all know, Goldman tends to rely on trading revenues more than many of their peers. Mm-hmm. And so that starts to become a point of concern for me overall when I look at that. I think I said J.P. Morgan. I misspoke a moment ago. Morgan Stanley mm-hmm. still has to come out. Right. And so, again, you know, the, the last of the financials. And one of the things that we want to look there uh, is can they beat revenues? Because even if you're beating on earnings per share in that space right now, people want you to beat on the revenue side also. And I think one of the other ones that you mentioned that is really interesting because it's a company right. that's still trying to figure themselves out a bit as IBM, you know, missing seven of the last eight quarters overall. Uh, and it, yes, they have transformed themselves into a software company, right. but this is a company that, you know, is not, it has yeah. struggled for quite a while. And again, we'll see what they say out of their earnings calls because there's a lot they're going to have to talk about. All right, we got to run. A lot to talk about, certainly when it comes to uh, earnings, that's for sure. J.J. Kinahan, Chief Market Strategist at TD Ameritrade, joining us on the phone from Chicago. He mentioned IBM. That stock's down almost 12% this year. KBW Bank Index, though, with all those big banks, that index is up about 40% over the past 52 weeks. This is Bloomberg.